From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth Podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing the podcast and for your prayers. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. So I was going through the book of Hebrews recently, and today I took a little um, detour, and I God had me in Isaiah chapter 40. And I wanted to share verse 8, and then I'm going to let Mary share a scripture that's on her mind. Um, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. I love that one. The word is eternal. Oh, and then um, Psalm, what is it, 117? Uh, the truth of the Lord is everlasting. And this one Amen. says, the word of our God stands forever. That's just been on my mind. I mean, th- we're here on the, a blip on the radar in terms of eternity. Mm-hmm. And we know that God is outside of time and his word stands. We can stand. We can have that secure foundation on his word. Praise God. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you would be in Isaiah because Isaiah, <laughs> because um, I have a plaque in my office, and this is a verse that I love for the times we're in. We're doing a headline show today, a, a podcast, and so this is one came to mind, and I've shared this before, but it it bears repeating. Isaiah thirty three six, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Mm. There's a lot there, but wisdom and knowledge about God about prophecy about what mm. he you know how he works in the world how he works in our lives it'll be the stability of our times and we need wow. stability so um and that kind of reminds me of God's people perish for a lack of knowledge isn't that Hosea 4 6 mm. I think mm-hmm. um anyway so we are kicking it off with some easy stories first <laughs> let's just talk <laughs> well let's just get this one out of the way guys um uh, the administration of the United States announced another aid package for Ukraine to the tune of $375 million. So this, now, uh, so far the U.S. taxpayers paid $46.6 billion in weapons to Ukraine, $26.4 billion in financial aid, and almost $3 billion in humanitarian help since Russia invaded Ukraine last year. And we've mentioned how Ukraine's government uh, is globalists. Um, my goodness, Zelensky, mm-hmm. uh the man is evil. Mm-hmm. He's a globalist, but I don't know what it is. I think they are just uh, uh, wanting to push this and just stoke the fire maybe with some of this. But it's our money. We don't have a say. Right. That's my point. We don't have a say in where our taxpayer dollars go. And we'll talk more about that later because uh, Mark Hitchcock has a great article. Um, you know, billions of dollars are going toward our immigration system. And education for illegal immigrants and health care, which we don't get if we didn't have insurance and one of us who are citizens went to the hospital. We would, wouldn't either we'd be turned down or mm-hmm. something would happen. Anyway, let's get to this really interesting article over at Faithwire. The earliest Hebrew Bible has sold for thirty eight million dollars and it's now headed to Israel. So there's an auction house. It's called I think it's Sotheby's. Um, it recently sold a 1,100-year-old Hebrew Bible for $38 million in New York. 
It's one of the world's oldest surviving biblical manuscripts and brought the second most highest price at an auction for a historical document. It's 26 pounds, Mayor. <laughs> I always like to lug that to church every Sunday yeah, and every Wednesday I'd night. I'd be seeing the chiropractor on Monday morning. 26-pound <laughs> uh, Bible. It's five inches, five-inch stack of parchment. It contains 396 pages, and it sold following a five-minute battle between two bidders. And uh, the final price uh, fell just short of breaking the record, and that's $43.2 million. That's That was a copy of the U.S. Constitution that sold two wow. years ago um, is, is 43.2. It, is it the Old Testament only, or is it the Old and New? Well, it's the Hebrew Bible, so I'm guessing it's the uh, the Old Testament and Psalms, Proverbs, yeah. which is the part of the Old Testament, but it's the Torah. Um, let me see. Um, does, I, did, I didn't read further oh, than okay. that. No. Okay. So I just thought that was interesting because it it's still it's worth something. But it's I mean you could you can't put a price tag on truth and eternal life. Mm-hmm. Can you? you truth and eternal life, and that's what we have. Why? Because the word of our God stands forever, and the truth of our Lord is everlasting. The truth endures. So I thought just thought that was interesting. Um, historical documents, though, people. Still want to mm-hmm. hang on to those. Mm-hmm. So let's go to this next article. I think we we are going to talk about the immigration one. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, uh, Rick Warren. That's an easy one, too. Yeah. It's low-hanging fruit for us, right, Mayor? <laughs> it is, indeed. <laughs> go ahead, start it, because okay. I'm looking for my copy. Here Rick Warren named Here Chancellor <laughs> of prominent London Seminary. Spurgeon's College in oh. London announced Monday that Warren was installed as Chancellor, an honorary and ceremonial role... That's interesting. Enabling him to advance the, quote, vision, gospel mission, and values of the institution. Warren will be providing guest lectures for Spurgeon College students and promoting the school to potential benefactors, according to the statement. He says that he has a family, deep personal family connection to Charles Spurgeon. His great-great-grandfather studied at Spurgeon College and was commissioned to Christian service by Mr. Spurgeon himself. And my, how things have changed, maybe doctrinally from... um, um, maybe his great great grandfather, and you know, I, I thought you could have built that up a little bit more. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Rick Warren named Chancellor of prominent London Seminary, and then you say a couple things, and then by the way, Charles Spurgeon, yeah, right, Spurgeon's College in London, because you think that doesn't make. If you know about Rick Warren, it doesn't make sense. No, um, no. Yeah. Well, it says, founded in 1856 by the famed Baptist preacher, Spurgeon's College is recognized as the largest Baptist theological school in the U.K. All right, now you go to the next page and listen to this. In February, the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention ousted Saddleback from the denomination due to Stacy Wood, which would be Andy Wood, not Andy Woods, Andy yeah, Wood, yeah. the new pastor. Okay. His wife is a co-pastor, and it oh, says okay. um, she was functioning in the office of pastor, Saddleback, also previously ordained three women pastors in 2021. So when you say there's been some doctrinal changes, what would Mr. Spurgeon say about the woman pastor? Um, women uh, pastoring a church. What about, um, Do we should we talk about globalism and the peace plan and the Daniel plan and all these other things that he's been involved with through the years? Um, not to say that he hasn't done some good ministry in the past, but... Um, you know, the, if you don't know who we're talking about, Warren is the author of Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that w- was yeah. had some good, I thought, some good principles in it, not too deep theologically, of mm-hmm. course, 
But well, in anti-prophecy, he said, oh, "Don't study prophecy." Yeah. So right there, and there's, it, you know, he he opens the book saying, "This is not about you," and the entire book is all about us. So yes. yeah, all kinds so, of problems there. Moving on to the immigration crisis and the open borders, uh, one more piece of the global agenda falling into place, according to Harbinger's Daily, Mark Hitchcock, a pastor, a well-known pastor in Oklahoma. So he says this, Mayor, the number one issue in America right now is immigration. That's interesting to me, seeing all the Barna research and the moral decline and the church, you know, the apostasy and the denominational, you know, garbage and just the stuff that's going on with the attack on our children from you know Hollywood to the public schools and our own government, but he says the number one issue, immigration. Now, yesterday, friends, just a reminder, we talked a little bit about this. We um, at the end of the podcast, we talked about the Cloward Piven strategy. There, they were radicals from a Democrat Socialists of America in the 1960s, Francis Fox Piven and uh, Richard Cloward, and they came up with this agenda to overload the system. And at that time, they were trying to overload the welfare system. Uh, kind of piggybacking on what Lyndon Johnson did, ballooning the federal government in the late 1960s with the Great Society, yeah, eradicating poverty, right, and helping the inner cities and the minorities, sure. It just made it worse, made them rely on the government, but that's exactly what they wanted. So their plan now is the immigration system to overload the system, and ultimately their plan is to break down the economy. They don't want capitalism, um, so here's just a couple things, then we'll get to the article with Mark Hitchcock. They want to control health care. They want to increase welfare and the national debt to an unsustainable level. Well, they're doing a pretty good job of that. They want to take over public education. They have. They want to infiltrate churches and religious organizations. They have. They want to increase gun control, weaken self-defense laws. They're trying. They want to create class warfare, dividing people into groups. They have. Check, check. Check. So, Mark Hitchcock writes, there's a migrant surge expected to go from about 7,500 per day to about 12,000 per day. Experts are saying the dam's about to break, especially our southern border. It's been called the greatest border crisis in world history. Context, Mark Hitchcock says, last year, about 3 million migrants crossed the border into the U.S., Previous record was 2.8 million, and we're, we're already smashing those records and expectations in 2023. He says things in our country have reached a breaking point. So, Mayor, there are over 11.5 million undocumented immigrants in the U.S. One example, New York City, many migrants have been bused there, and they've got a problem because it's costing them just the city, not the state, $8 million a day for migrant housing. Billions in education and social services are having to be poured into this from our national treasury. Where does that come from? The taxpayers. So Mark says, and by the way, we're going to get some scripture because he points out the borders and how Israel handled it in the Old Testament. So stay with me. Uh, we are not anti-immigrant. We are to love them. We are to share the gospel with them. And... Um, he says, we are a melting pot nation. The problem is, in many cases today, the melting pot is no longer melting. People are defying assimilation mm -hmm. into our country. Um, but, Mayor, I'll let you take it after I just share this point from Mark Hitchcock. As believers in Jesus Christ, we do have an obligation when people are here in our country 
to treat them with, with kindness and goodness. And, of course, we should use every opportunity to share the truth mm-hmm. and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, my first thought, two thoughts on this, and the first one is $8 million a day just for housing. That's in New York City. In New York City alone. One um, city in the country. Billions in education and social services beyond yeah. that. Okay, so yeah. how is that sustainable on any level whatsoever? That's the point. It's not. Yeah, this right. is a planned mm-hmm. system overload. You mm-hmm. think of the pandemic. This mm-hmm. is a planned crisis and never let a serious crisis go That's to right. waste, Mr. Rahm Emanuel's famous quote. They're going to use this crisis, and they, government, globalists, because they want to break down America, they're going to come in with their globalist solution exactly. to America's immigration problem. But back to Mark Hitchcock, he said, God charged the people of Israel to care for strangers and sojourners who came among them. However, the overarching Old Testament principle was that strangers who desired to live in Israel were to be subject to the same laws as native Israelites. When people came to Israel, they were expected to keep Israel's laws and become assimilated into Israel's culture. How is that different today in the U.S.? The problem is that the first act of illegal immigrants is to break U.S. law and to not go through the system uh, legally, Mm -hmm. to break the law and get into the country. So uh, go ahead, Mary. You can take it wherever you want from there. Yeah. uh, Wow. It is just actually frightening because we do live in a lawless age anyway. Lawless. And so now we're getting terrorism coming through the borders. We're getting drugs and and just death and destruction. Well, now Mark goes on and talks about prophetic implications. Mm -hmm. And I know, David, you touched on this, a more sinister global agenda. Um, he says the Bible tells us in Genesis 10 to 11, there was worldwide unity at one point in time. They were gathered together at the Tower of Babel and were dispersed by God, having their mm-hmm. languages confounded. Yes. And so then this national separateness that we experience today is a God-ordained protection against one of the worst effects of the fall of man, which is man's prideful craving for power. Uh, the Apostle Paul says in Acts 17, 26 to 27, that God made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So this nationalism is something that God established, people within their boundaries, and, um, you know, because we become one, and God says there's nothing they can't do if they become one and put their minds together. Can I read that from the New American Standard? Yes, yes, yes. Um, It says, He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Mm -hmm. Why? That they would seek God. In other words, at Babel, or Babel, Babel, they were trying to do it all for themselves. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that man can't do. One language. They're building a tower to the heavens. God wanted to disperse them and confuse their languages and established borders so that they would seek God, so that they wouldn't... It wouldn't be as easy to communicate with one another, so men would have to look to him. It's a very simple point there, but that's very important. Acts chapter 17, 26 and 27. Go and ahead. Then he says, the problem is that the global elites want to reverse this and go back to battle. They want open borders, global citizens. And when you think of it that way, it really, it really does shine a light on why this is such a huge problem in this country. And then he goes on to talk about the World Economic Forum founded mm-hmm. in 1971, which actually goes farther back than I thought. And that he was the undisputed father of globalism. And their, Schwab, yeah. yes, their stated mission is to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. 
And this is what they've been doing for a very long time. We think we just started hearing about Klaus Schwab. Well, this has been going on behind the scenes for a very long time. But, th- but the whole idea is to break down borders, overtake existing national infrastructure, and make this just a centrified, central world government, which the Bible says we will have in the last days. This is the Davos agenda. Um, it's preparing the world for Antichrist and his global governance. Mm. Uh, again, prophesied in Scripture. So, so it says, um, Mark Hitchcock says, sadly, the current administration in the U.S. deliberately refuses to enforce laws on our borders and even threatens states that attempt to enforce them. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to 2020. Who can forget, if you even paid a fraction of attention to the news, what was happening on American streets in our cities when Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the cultural Marxists were just tearing down buildings, bombing police squad cars, you know, taking over uh, Seattle, Portland. Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, buildings were set fire across America. Businesses were shut down. A lot of s- small private mom and pop shops had to close for good mm-hmm. after the damage that was done. And how many people were held accountable for that? They're, they just let them burn things down. Why? Well, they were upset. No, it, that was an orchestrated mob attack, and it was terrorism across our country that they did not want to enforce the laws and protect the public, which is their job, mm-hmm. right? So the administration told mayors, tell your police force to stand down. I've never seen anything like that before in my lifetime in America. Yeah. <laughs> in America, other corrupt countries, you know, dictators do that all the time. Mm. But um, we've seen some things, Mayor, in America that we never thought we would. So he quoted Jeff Kinley from a book, um, and they wrote this together, The Global Reset, Jeff Kinley and Mark Hitchcock, talking about under globalism, you surrender all of your privileges, religious intolerance is erased, There's no segmenting between citizens and non-citizens. Why? Because we would all be world citizens. That's the essence of globalism. You don't have individuality or uniqueness or nationalism. No, 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 no. You're a global citizen. So Mm -hmm. the, the point at the end of the article, Mark says, it's intentional what we see taking place. And again, it is prophetic. So remember, friends, God is not surprised. He's not pacing. He's not going, wow, I didn't think they'd take it this far. I didn't think the corruption would go this far. I didn't think the lostness would happen this soon. I I didn't think it would happen in America. No, Uh, this is all under God's sovereign uh, provision for what's Mm going to happen, for for bringing in the end times. What do you think? Yeah, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I don't want to overuse that. Or the paint paint in the paint can. That's right. It says it's not going to be solved. So this is now a part of the landscape of this country. I don't know if other nations deal with this the way we have, but it's a special thing to orchestrate the destruction of this particular country. That's a... uh, Okay, one more article. We've got... um, an interesting one coming up by, um, well, well, it's over at leohoman.com. The American police state will continue to spread and it's business as usual. Then we're going to talk about Yuval Noah Harari and a fascinating article on AI and his take might surprise mm-hmm. you. Um, we'll do that in the next segment, but I wanted to get to this one, which we've had. We've been talking about this article over at Front Page Magazine, Mayor, for a, probably a week and a half. Yeah. 
But let's just talk about it right now. It's called All This Failure is Deliberate. Societal chaos is what leftists have been scheming since the French Revolution. And I think that put, puts it's a quote from the article, but that puts it pretty much on, on target. So let's just dive into the first major paragraph, which says, Everything Biden has done has been a disaster. The economy is teetering. The border is non-existent. The banking system and the dollar are crumbling. Our enemies are taking advantage of the weakness they perceive in the White House. Crime is out of control in most of our once great cities. Traditional morality and decency are in the toilet. Our children are being butchered and groomed for hedonistic pleasure of a cadre of sexual deviants. Women athletes are losing high or hard-earned rights because of the transgender movement, something that almost no one heard of five years ago. I'll disagree with that because I think it's more like 20 years ago. Government spending is without restraint, and as a result, inflation has soared. And America's middle class is being squeezed into near oblivion. The education system continues to produce semi-literates who will do what in the future? And we often say they're making disciples through the public education system, social justice activists. Um, No patriot wants to join the military anymore. The list of Biden's problems, cataclysms are endless, but he's running out of space here. So he says, why is he still president? And that's what a lot of people ask. And, Mayor, I'll let you take the next part because we need to answer the question. Well, yeah, if he's doing such a bad job, if he's got the lowest approval ratings and possibly in history for a president and the, the economy is suffering, people are feeling it at the gas pump or at the grocery store, and every, every, why is he still president? I wonder. Well, that is the question of the hour. Uh, and this gentleman, his name is Mark Lewis, who wrote this article. He says, Biden is president, but he is far from in control. Okay. The Marxist leftist global movement, whatever groups are ultimately behind it, are using Biden and the Democratic Party as pawns in the supreme game of human domination. Mm. Biden does everything he is told to do. He is nothing but a puppet, a useful idiot, as I explained recently, <laughs> totally unable to think for himself. Mm-hmm. The far left, the Marxist left, manipulates him and his ideological band. Biden doesn't realize it. I don't know if he does or not. I guess I don't know. I don't know. But this next point, Mayor, the next paragraph, to me, is fascinating. Fascinating. What did he say? He said, this is why Biden, health-permitting, will win the Democratic nomination next year. This is, I mean, it's it's speculation, right? Mm-hmm. But here's why he thinks that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Why Think about it from the terms of evil and what they've been able to accomplish doing whatever they want through their, I mean, to us as Christians, destroying biblical morality, free speech, the First Amendment, the Constitution, the country. Why would the leftist, oligarchy want anyone else since he is doing exactly what they want him to do whatever he's told i saw a meme i think on instagram it said hey wouldn't it be less confusing joe if you just turned the teleprompter around and let us read it (laughs) isn't that great yes i thought that was fine let's continue go ahead uh, why would the leftist oligarchy want anyone else? Okay. Yeah. Uh, then he says, when he has expanded, I think he means expended his usefulness, yeah. he will be tossed into the dustbin of history. They will yeah. have no further need of him yeah. and probably won't even give him a gold watch. <laughs> but all the failures of the Biden-Ed men are choreographed. They are deliberate, yes. exactly what Soros, 
the WEF, mm-hmm. the deep state, uh, Marxist left covet. They want failure. We must understand that. Some of them are intelligent enough to know that leftist policies never succeed because mm-hmm. they contradict basic human nature. This yes. is what makes our heads explode, right? It contradicts <laughs> economic laws. It contradicts history, yes. science, yes. God. Every reality yes. that we have known in this country is turned on its head and we go, I don't get it, I don't get it. Well, this is why. Yeah. Uh, he says, this is the horror we are witnessing in America and around the world today designed intended collapse. Um, those who are engineering it are aware of it. Uh, they need this failure. And as societies crumble and dissipate into total chaos, someone, hmm, echoing Hitler, will have to step forth Ooh. and restore order again. So the more chaos there is, we've got to manage that crisis. Here we have the solution. That's right. We have the solution. They're looking for, they, we will be looking for a man with a plan. And what I think it says, um, where did it uh, talk about? Okay. Uh, most Americans sense something is dreadfully wrong, mm-hmm. but they don't know enough history to understand it. Mm. Mayor, I was really um, disappointed, not surprised, during COVID to see the national cave to religious freedoms, mm-hmm. to general public freedoms mm-hmm. and privileges, to give so much ground to the controllers, the globalists, the totalitarian State. I, I was really disappointed, but not surprised because we are really spoiled here in the mm-hmm. country. We don't have that fight back, rebellious right. spirit that, right. I mean, how did we become a nation, right? We fought against England and the King of England. Well, and, fear, fear well, is a powerful tool, and we learn just how powerful it is when you tell people yeah. your grandmother is going to die unless you wear a mask and do this, that, and the other thing. And people were guilted and... Mm-hmm. Led by the nose. There's a verse in First Thessalonians. Um, don't quote me on that. Talks about when when you hear people saying peace and safety, look out. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a fascinating line in this article. It says the left, the Marxist left, will be able to assume all power, and the people will gladly give it to them in order to restore mm-hmm. some measure of peace and stability. And stability. Okay. We can we might as well say peace and safety, mm-hmm. although you're never guaranteed safety. Mm-hmm. But peace and stability. Do you, th- Mayor? All right, we've given a lot of ground. We've obeyed the government. We've done whatever we need to do in the last couple of years. Are we a more stable nation than we were three years ago? Absolutely. Not. But we gave all this so that we right. could have that peace and stability. Yeah, interesting. Point. Do, do we have? Okay, you, if you're listening out there, you know how even the church kind of caved generally. Not all churches. Do we have peace and stability in America right now? I think most people, honest answer would be absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But that's why we gave them control. That's why we surrendered. That's why we said, okay, we'll comply. We said, okay, anything to to get us back to the peace. That we are not going back to a normal. There will not be a new normal. This is manufactured. It's on purpose. It's It's designed by the leftists and the demoniacs. Those who are pushing the Antichrist spirit of the age understand the sooner we understand that they've been trying to take America down for a century, mm-hmm. not just since COVID, but a century, we have to understand, and that part of it is history. You're going to do uh, some information. You're going to share some information on future podcasts about world history and think, con- helping us connect the dots to how we got to today. So people aren't just going, wow, ever since COVID – 
No, no. The COVID was on the surface. That's the crisis that they use. Yeah. And normality, there's a sense of normality. You get on the highway in the morning and everyone's going to work and everybody is, you know, shopping for their groceries and they're kind of making do with what they have. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about when Jesus comes for his church, people will be marrying and giving in marriage and Mm -hmm. there will be a sense of, of normalcy. So when, when does that come to an end? How close are we actually Mm -hmm. as a church? Um, Well, well, you know what, uh, guys, if you're listening, gals, define normal. What's normal to you? I mean, it might not be what's normal to me. Um, What's normal to biblical Christians in America might not be what's normal to the atheists and the radicals that are pushing these far-left agendas. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's normal to you? Well, listen to this last line in the article. It says, 10 years ago, we would never have believed this could happen in America. Too many, too many still don't believe it. By the time they do... It will be too late. Yes. It, That's a dire prediction. Yeah, it will be. So that we'll put that article in the podcast blog at standupforthetruth.com. It's called, All This Failure is Deliberate. And mm-hmm. so we'll connect to that, plus the other articles we already went through. We've got a lot to uh, tackle in the next segment, guys. Stay with us because we're going to talk about that fascinating article by Yuval Noah Harari about AI. He says AI has hacked the operating system of human civilization. AI, of course, is artificial intelligence. We're going to talk about that. It's interesting. The very last s- sentence is fascinating. We're going to get to that. There's a cliffhanger for you. What's the last sentence, everyone? What's the la- what did he write? What did he- we'll talk about it when we come back. Also, is the WHO a front organization for the takeover of U.S. government? World Health Organization. I bring this up because May is still the Exit the Who month. Exit the WHO. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. We haven't mentioned in a while, we've got a page of resources on our website, over 200 trusted sources that you can go to for information, whether that's news headlines, whether that's uh, trusted ministry, biblical teaching, doctrine, church issues, um, discernment issues, worldview. Um, go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and click on the one word in up on the navigation bar, resources. Um, Mayor, is it business as usual? This uh, article here you wanted to share is really interesting, but also disturbing. Oh, the, the police! Yes. The police! Oh, the state. police state! Yeah, she's looking at me Mine like, looks what, 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 "What? Mine looks different we than yours." We just talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, so Leo Homan, who is just an excellent author, he goes into great detail on, on a given subject, and highly recommend him. He has an article called Police State, Business as Usual. The American police state will continue to spread its wings whether the government is shut down or not. You know, mm. we're, we're talking about a government shutdown in June, and will they come to a deal about the debt ceiling and all this sort of thing? Well, this oh, this article basically says it doesn't matter because what we're seeing now is going to continue. And he says, this is what Leo starts with. He says, author and veteran constitutional attorney John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute is one of my heroes because unlike many commentators, essayists, journalists, etc., he doesn't pull any punches. He is a realist who gives the whole truth about America, not just bits and pieces of truth interspersed with nuggets of false hope about a coming human messiah. So he has turned his column over 
to John Whitehead. And mm. this is an incredible article. He says, most of what we see and hear in the media about what is going on in Washington is mere theater meant to keep the masses divided and distracted. We were just talking about that. Yep, yep. Whitehead gives us a strong dose of realism in this article below. Once again, the police state is up to its old tricks, stoking tensions over whether or not the government is forced to shut down, even partially, due to a default on the national debt. Yet, while these political games dominate news headlines, send the stock market into a nosedive, and put federal employees at risk of having to work without pay, nothing about these high-handed theatrics will diminish the immediate and very real dangers of the American police state with its roadside strip searches, government surveillance, biometric databases, citizens being treated like terrorists, Mm. imprisonments for criticizing the government, national ID cards, SWAT team raids, censorship, forcible blood draws and DNA extractions, private prisons, weaponized drones, red light cameras, tasers, active shooter drills, police misconduct, and government corruption. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Come up for air. I know. He says, default or not, the war, this war, will continue. Everything I've read some of which I wasn't even aware of, actually, Mm. will continue. He says, um, police shootings will continue. Okay, then he says, take a look at the programs and policies that will not be affected by a government default. All right, so look over here, look over here, because then you won't see this, um, you know, whether there's a possible government shutdown. He says, and then you will get a clearer sense of the government's priorities, which have little to do with serving taxpayers and everything to do with amassing money, Mm. power, and control. So he gives a list here. I'm going to give you a brief definition of each thing. Strongly suggest you get this article. Okay, these are the things that will continue whether they resolve this debt issue or not. Okay, number one, surveillance will continue unabated. Mm -hmm. On any given day, whether you're walking through a store, driving your car, checking your email, talking to friends and family on the phone, you can be assured that some government agency, whether it's the NSA or some other entity, is listening and tracking your behavior. And I think we know this has been going on for a long time. Um, He says technology, of course, we know makes it possible for them to scan a passerby in order to detect the contents of their pockets, purses, briefcases, etc. That is terrifying. Number two, global spying will continue unabated. The NSA's massive oh. surveillance network, mm-hmm. what the Washington Post refers to as a 500 billion espionage empire, <laughs> will continue to span the globe and target every single person on the planet who uses a phone or computer. Mm. All right, number three, egregious searches will continue unabated. Under the pretext of protecting the nation's infrastructure, we're talking roads, mass transit, water, you know, utilities, power supplies, telecommunications, mm. etc. Against uh, protecting these things against terrorist attacks, the TSA task forces, comprised of federal air marshals, surface transportation security inspectors, transportation security officers, behavior detection officers, and explosive detective detection canine teams, will continue to do random security sweeps of nexuses of transportation. Random. Yes, random. Ports, railway and bus stations, airports, uh, ferries and subways. Uh, so sweeps using x-rays, pat-downs. I mean, uh, next one. The undermining of the Constitution will continue unabated. America's so-called war on terror, which it has relentlessly pursued since 9-11, has chipped away at our freedoms, unraveled our Constitution, and transformed our nation into a battlefield. Um he says, in large part, to such subversive legislation as the Patriot Act, yep. National Defense Authorization Act. So, 
um, these laws circumvent the rule of law and the Constitution. We know that. Next one, militarized policing will continue unabated thanks to federal grant programs allowing the Pentagon to transfer surplus military supplies and weapons to local law enforcement agencies without charge. Police forces will continue to be transformed from peace officers into heavily armed extensions of the military. With jackboots, helmets, shields, batons, pepper spray, stun guns, etc., etc. So America's law enforcement officials, no longer mere servants of the people, will continue to keep the masses corralled. Okay, next, SWAT team raids will continue unabated. More than 80,000 SWAT team raids carried out every year on suspect, suspect, unsuspecting excuse me, Americans for relatively routine police matters and federal agencies laying claim to their own law enforcement divisions. The institute Incidents of botched raids and related casualties will continue to rise. Did you say oh, more than eighty thousand? Yes, SWAT are, team are carried raids. out annually. Yeah, every year. I don't. I don't hear maybe on unsuspecting yeah, Americans. Bigger cities, perhaps. I mean, we're sort of in a bubble around here, but uh, yeah, possibly. But just as you know, um, it's mere community nuisances like angry dogs, domestic disputes, improper pa- paperwork filed by an orchid farmer. Huh. Uh, okay, uh, next one. Overcriminalization will continue unabated. The government bureaucracy will continue to churn out laws, statutes, codes, and regulations that reinforce its powers and value systems and those of the police state and its corporate allies, rendering the rest of us as petty criminals. The average American now unknowingly commits three felonies a day. How do they determine that, I wonder? Unknowingly? Yeah, well, it says thanks to this overabundance of vague laws that render otherwise innocent Activity illegal. So, uh, like small farmers who dare to make unpasteurized goat cheese, uh, little things like that. Little things like that. And he ends the article with, again, this is John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. He says, the shadow government, a.k.a. the deep state, a.k.a. the police state, a.k.a. the military-industrial complex, a.k.a. the surveillance state complex, will continue unabated. Mm. This corporatized, militarized, entrenched bureaucracy that is fully operational and staffed by unelected officials will continue to call the shots in D.C. no matter who sits in the White House, no matter who controls the Congress. And mm-hmm. by government, I'm not referring to the highly partisan two-party bureaucracy of Republican, Democrat, left and right, but I'm referring to government with a capital G, the entrenched deep state that is unaffected by elections. Yep. In other words, those in first class and the rest of us are in economy, and that's how it works um, no matter who we elect, these issues are not going away. So even if he says he ends with whether or not the government runs on borrowed money, it will remain business as usual in terms of the police state unceasing pursuit of greater power and control. You are here. Wow. Yeah, you know, I don't think President Trump had any idea how deep the swamp was no, when he was elected. Absolutely not. You know, he I mean he wanted to drain the swamp. <laughs> I think yeah. maybe I think he skimmed the surface. I think he got some of the the moss and the gunk <laughs> the and the, sc- crud, the, scum. the crud the scum off the the wa- water surface. Yeah. But he yeah. really yeah. didn't know and now he has found out and he yeah. continues to find out how deep that well, the drains plug the drain is clogged you know there's yeah it's never going to be it's, drained. it's, it's then that's really sad I, we is. talked a little bit about that uh, yesterday but i want to go back to something that he shared before we talk mm-hmm. about mr harari harari um talking about in the fir- one of the first paragraphs talking about um 
citizens being treated like terrorists. Well, we're already called domestic terrorists. If you're Christian or conservative or MAGA Republican, right? That they have already tried to frame you. They use January 6th to do that to put out the narrative. Um, surveillance, we know that's going on. Um, imprisonments for criticizing the government. You know, yeah, there's in, there's been cases of that already. Um, national ID cards. They're trying to do all this different, you know, technology censorship. Yes, done. But one that fascinated me: forcible blood draws. Yeah. You think about that, and you think, okay, so they're they're going to pull you over, or they're going to make you go into a hospital. How does that work? Well, think about they essentially not essentially they forced human beings, forced Americans to get a vaccine that many didn't want to get. They forced. Now, they didn't have to tie people down, Mm, but they found a way to force people, um, threaten to lose your job if you don't get it, threaten, you know, they they force people. But blood draws, okay, well, now we need to see, we need to check what's in your blood. We we need to prove that you're vaccinated. Um, We need to check your blood. I don't know. I mean, I can see that. That's. It sounds very uh, sensational, fantastical, but it's to me, it's kind of practical when you think of what they've already gotten away with mm-hmm. and what they've already done. So it's just, uh, it's just sad that again, we never thought we'd see this in America yeah, or this coming. These things coming. Uh, they're going to be doing um, active shooters. They already are. I went to a business yesterday. And they said they recently, this small business, one gal behind the desk, they recently had to have an active shooter drill. That's just, I don't know who, the whatever corporate, you know, person or they ordered this down to the smaller, you know, businesses throughout the, and so the, they've had to go through an active shooter drill. So they're, it's interesting they're training people. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's corrupt. Let's talk about more corruption. Let's talk about a guy who just, um, it's, it's fun to it's fun to uh, imagine the mind of Yuval Noah Harari. Um, he's the one that said human beings are just hackable animals. He said uh, the, the uh, resurrection and Jesus being the Son of God is just fake news. No such thing as God or religion or whatever. It's, or religion is a crutch. It's whatever. He talks about religions and cults and just people making up. A God. I know a lot of cults do that, but there is a one true. Uh, there is one right. true God. So it says storytelling computers will change the course of human history. How will that work, Mary? Do you want to kick us off here? Well, he says fears of AI have haunted humanity since the beginning of the computer age. Um, he says, you know, people are afraid of machines using physical means to kill, or mm-hmm. enslaving, or replacing people. But he says, over the past couple of years, new AI tools have emerged that threaten the survival of human civilization from an unexpected direction. <laughs> AI has gained some remarkable abilities to manipulate and generate language. So not just copy, yeah. manipulate and generate. Whether our words, whether with words, sounds or images, AI has thereby hacked the operating system of our civilization. That's provocative, isn't it? That that sentence. It is. Artificial intelligence has hacked the operating system of our civiliz- civilization. Kind of dramatic. It is very dramatic. <laughs> I wonder where he's going with this. He makes a good point, though, in the second paragraph. Language 
is this stuff almost all human culture is made of. Human rights, for example, aren't inscribed on our DNA. I want to pause right there. I did a session at the Prophecy Conference called The Assault on the Image of God. Every human being is created in God's image. We are not all children of God, of course, unless you believe and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Um, because even Satan believes and devil, demons believe. They understand that, that Jesus is an actual, you know, he's true. Um, so it, it's interesting that he's, he kind of off the cuff just poo-poo's, uh, religion and, uh, it's not, it's human rights. The rights we have as human beings. In other words, every human life is not worthy of protection, is not valued. Every human life to us, Bible-believing Christians, has value, is unique, it's created by God, every life, and it's worthy of protection. But he says, eh, it's not inscribed in our DNA. Right. Uh, rather, they are cultural artifacts we created by telling stories and writing laws. Gods aren't physical realities. Isn't that interesting? Because we know he's not a believer, right? No. He's in, well, I won't even say. Yeah. Um, but he, he says, rather, gods, small g gods, are cultural artifacts we created by inventing myths and writing scriptures. But it's interesting when he says cultural artifacts, I think of um, during Isaiah's, well, anyway, the, the, the people that had idols, these little yeah. idols, and God kind of mocked them saying, do they, these idols yeah. have ears but cannot hear, they have eyes but cannot see, and they're little things that you create. Um, so go ahead and just uh, take it where you want. You know, go to whatever part of this article. It's, it's just fascinating. Well, and he adds one more. He says, money, too, is a cultural artifact. Banknotes are just colorful pieces of paper. Uh, more than 90% of money isn't even banknotes, and we are going to be going to digital uh, money. But he says it's just digital information in computers. Mm. What gives money value is the stories, here we go again, that bankers, finance ministers, and crypto gurus tell us what it is. So that's fairly interesting because he's setting something up here. He says... What would happen once a non-human intelligence becomes better than the average human at telling stories, mm. composing melodies, drawing images, writing laws and scriptures, in other words, making up more gods? What, what if a non-human intelligence, mm. when people think about chat, GPT, and other tools, they're drawn to examples like school children, school children writing uh, essays with AI. What will happen to the school system when kids do that? But this question misses the big picture. Forget about essays. Think about the next American presidential race in 2024 and try to imagine the impact of AI that can be made to mass produce political content, fake news stories, and scriptures for new cults. In the future, we might see the first cults in history whose revered texts were written by non-human intelligence. Religions throughout history have claimed a non-human source for their holy books. Wow. Yeah. So he is equating non-human sources, AI, yeah. and what we would say would be the Holy Spirit. Wow. Well, well, we we know they can create fake news stories. I mean, they're already programmed to mimic people, and you give them topics, you give them certain words, or ask a question, and they can come up with some. It's fascinating. Kids are going to start using this for, to to write essays or tests or whatever. But um, I thought that was interesting. Think of the next presidential races. We're only talking a year, what is a year and a half, mm -hmm. year and a half away, and how artificial intelligence might be used. Because where do people get a lot of information now? Social right. media. Right. Right. Well, he's digging himself a deeper hole here. His standby here. He says, on a more prosaic level, we might f find soon find ourselves conducting lengthy online discussions about abortion, climate change, 
or the Russian invasion of Ukraine with entities we think are humans but are actually AI. The catch is that it's utterly pointless for us to spend time trying to change the declared opinions of an AI bot. While the AI could hone its messages so precisely that it stands a good chance of influencing us, can bots have an opinion? A good question. <laughs> um, but it does say it's a, in a political battle for minds and hearts. Mm-hmm. Intimacy is the most effective weapon, and AI has just gained the ability to mass-produce intimate relationships with millions of people. What does he mean by that? He says, over the last decade, social media has become a battleground for controlling human attention. And he suggests with the new generation of AI, the battlefront is shifting from attention to intimacy. What will happen to human society and human psychology as AI fights AI in a battle to fake intimate relationships with us, which can then be used to convince us to vote for particular politicians or buy particular products. Even without creating fake intimacy, the new AI tools would have immense influence on our opinions and worldviews. So I can can see that. I give them that point that Mm -hmm. they will be used if they aren't already to change people's Ideas and opinions, or you know, to sell a product or whatever, uh, worldviews. Yeah, we talk about worldview quite a bit, Mayor. Yeah, and this has nothing. This is a, just remove God and the Bible and the truth. And so, what kind of worldview are you trying to develop here using AI? This, this is a philosophical dumpster fire. This yeah. is what this is. And, and you know, um, Harari is all over the map here. But but. Okay, we're we're just we're just getting going here because there's another point to be had. Yep. Uh, he says people may come to you. This reminds me of a sci-fi episode. People may come to use a single AI advisor as a one-stop, all-knowing oracle. No wonder Google is terrified. Why bother searching when I can just ask the oracle? Mm. News and advertising industries should also be terrified. Why read a newspaper when I can ask the oracle to tell me the latest news? Is this like? Alexa, Alexa, what's her name? Alexa. Alexa, yeah, yeah. This is similar to that. He says, and even these scenarios don't really capture the big picture. What we're talking about is potentially the end of human history. Hmm. Not the end of history, but the end of the human-dominated part. History is the interaction between biology and culture, between our biological needs and desires for things like food and sex and our cultural creations like religions and laws. History is the process through which laws and religions shape these things. Mm. So what will happen to the course of history when AI takes over culture and begins producing these stories, melodies, laws, and religions? Well, that's that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? We're, we're talking a lot just primarily about information, thought, storytelling. Uh, it's creative, but yet you can program it based on what the history that's passed. You can find, I mean, in books and everything's online now, the AI can search, the bots can search out whatever topic they want to write about or expand on or talk about. It's really it's really interesting. Um, I can see people being duped. I mean, we're, we're mm-hmm. already so easily deceived by other mm-hmm. things. Why wouldn't we, yeah. we be deceived by something that uh, comes along like AI? Um, it can create completely new ideas and new culture. But I want to drop down to something because we're running out of time. We have four minutes left. It says, in ancient India, Buddhist and Hindu sages pointed out that all humans lived trapped inside maya the world of illusions in other words nothing is the the physical world Mm -hmm. is not real what we normally take to be reality is often just fictions in our own minds 
People may wage entire wars, killing others, and willing to be killed themselves because of their belief in this or that illusion. And so I thought that was interesting how they, he brought up the, some of the, the Buddhist and Hindu philosophy. It's Gnosticism. That it's this, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. It's really not Every, Everything's, it's not material. Right. Right? Right. It's, That's The Matrix, which is the, one of the biggest Gnostic movies ever made. <laughs> interesting. Uh, you know, but anyway, he, he cut to the chase here. He says, um, democracy is a conversation and conversations rely on language. When AI hacks language, it could destroy our ability to have meaningful, meaningful conversations. Thereby destroying democracy. And here's, here's the, the big, uh-huh. what you were talking about at the end. We have just encountered an alien intelligence here on Earth. Wow. We don't know much about it except that it might destroy our civilization. We should put a halt to the irresponsible deployment of AI tools in the public sphere and regulate AI before it regulates us. I would suggest to make it mandatory for AI dis- to disclose that it is an AI. If I'm having a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and I can't tell whether it's a human or an AI, that is the end of democracy. But here's the so David. online, online, you could be having a conversation, yes. a, ch- a chat or something, and it might yeah, not I even know. be human. That's what you know, yeah. really, because I mean, they already have these. What do, what do you call them? I, answer information centers where you can go and type in. It's like a chat. Right. And they can just respond with because they're, right. they're, they're loaded up. They're programmed with the basic facts and information they can right. relay when someone asks a code word, a question about something. So it's interesting. I can understand that taken to the next level. But the last sentence is, is really interesting, Mayor. It says, this text has been generated by a human, period. Or has it? <laughs> Question mark. Nice. I, thought, I thought that's interesting. Well, the fact that he would, I guess I'm surprised from just knowing a, enough about him and who he is. And, and you know, he's Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. His, his YouTubes are full of unbelievably futuristic yeah. things that he's not afraid to say. Yeah. The fact that he is not pro-AI, this really surprised well, me. Well, I don't know. I, right. I am not right. convinced that Yuval Noah Harari is... Right. Not AI. I think he is for anything that would advance technology and maybe make human beings less necessary. Human thinking. Right. Well, that makes sense. Right. I I really believe that there's something fishy about him writing this article on AI. And um, that's my two cents. Keep an eye out for what he says in future speeches Mm -hmm. and what, what he puts out in the future. Because I, I think there's something behind this, Mary. I can't put my finger yeah, on it, but here. for him to come up. And, and so that leads me to think, well, maybe this was generated by AI. Wow. Maybe there's all this information, and the AI was, was asked a question. So debate yourself on whether you would be a threat to humanity and you would be useful and, and what people should be concerned about mm-hmm. when AI comes into, you know, on the Internet or whatever use you know it has well yeah, i just find it to be interesting well, you are we are in the matrix then cuz yeah. <laughs> you know just reading this is is that it makes you think that yeah, yeah. it really so I, um, I, okay so we obviously can't get to the, the, the other one or two we were talking about but had some interesting stories today um, we just want to tell you what's coming up by the way again they had some problems with last night's uh, rollout of the live viewing of um, uh, breaking the oath scott shera and uh, Cindy and the story with they had nurses and doctors and testimonies. Well, we are going to have in studio Jeff Wagner Thursday. 
That's a change in the schedule. Uh, we are having Jeff Wagner, the producer of Breaking the Oath. And uh, it, you can watch it for free now. One of the places you can go to is America First, America1ST.com. So tomorrow you will hear a podcast with Holly Pivick and Doug Guyvett talking about Counterfeit Kingdom, the dangers of NAR. Also, we've got, um, oh, I just mentioned um, Jeff Wagner on Thursday, but Pastor Steve Smotherman, it's been months, it's been a while since we have him on. He's got some interesting updates from the blue state of New Mexico. So thank you, friends. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.